we are going to talk about today a different, you may have heard of us talk before about the Japanese philosophy of Kaizen, which is just essentially the overall arching idea here is start small. And that's the best way to get yourself going on a new habit or um, new way of being. And we're going to talk about another Japanese, I don't know if it's a philosophy or I suppose you could say that, um, yeah. a lens concept. Which to look concept, yes, a lens to look at life through, and it's called Ikigai. So I am on it, now, if you can, if you can, yeah, it does. okay, I can accept you, I'm accepting you, and just so you know, I want to update the live, <laughs> I don't know what's going on, by the way, for not... those of you who are watching and want to catch up on the audio only, maybe I, I love re-listening to things because it really helps to, you know, get into your brain. There's something called spaced repetitious learning. And yeah, I re-listen to things all the time too. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm, so that can be my app. Okay. I was like, I'm hearing myself. So yeah, I forgot to put my, uh, my little pods in. So spaced repetitious learning. So if you want to catch us again, you can look up wherever you listen to podcasts, the Harness the Power of Planning podcast. And I upload the audio portion of this chat almost immediately right after. If you want to get it right away, Spotify, it's up like that. And then everywhere else, it takes like a couple hours. But today, as Natasha mentioned, we're talking about Ikigai. And I know to American ears, that sounds like... A horrible thing <laughs> to talk about <laughs> but we are not talking about a person with poor hygiene no we are talking about the yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. or some creep who's like staring at you at the bar right right not that icky not guy. that icky guy that's a different icky guy uh i'm gonna just type it into the chat here on instagram by the way if you're watching this live or recorded, just comment like you would and we will be notified and we will be happy to answer any questions you might have. So. Hi, officially persistent. <laughs> I love that. That's a great name. Yes. Officially persistent waves at us. I officially persistent. I officially persistent. <laughs> we are officially live now. So, so Ikigai is the Japanese concept known as a reason for being. And I'm going to show you a an illustration in just a second. But it probably looks familiar to you because I feel like I've seen something else float around in, you know, American sort of when you're looking for figuring out what you want to do career-wise. Ikigai is especially helpful as a career and or life determining sort of philosophy. So I feel like I've seen something similar you know, maybe if you've read books about what kind of career you want, that sort of thing. However, Ikigai adds a category that I think makes it really helpful. And so this is what the Ikigai diagram looks like. It is four concentric circles. And by the way, Ikigai translates as a reason for being. Hopefully you can read my writing because my child says she cannot, which I understand. So <laughs> a reason for being she's like why do you combine handwriting and you know i do it yeah. too yeah it's cursive and hands and like I guess it's right, just called non-cursive print? yeah non-cursive so right print yeah 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 so i'm like i don't know anyway so it has four circles and i feel like what you often see in the american or western version of this is you see 
what you enjoy doing, what the world needs, and what you can be paid for. And then sort of whatever's in the middle is like the, the sweet spot, if you will. But Ikigai does two things that I really love. One, they separate out what you enjoy into what you enjoy and what you're good at. Because, And I thought for me, that was a huge thing because I, I enjoy a lot of things and I'm good at many things. And, but those aren't necessarily the same thing. And so finding right. finding the place where they're both. Ooh, right. So that's a great distinction, right? Like I enjoy playing soccer. I am not a good soccer player. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay, right? right? So the people on my team know that I got a lot of passion. I'm excited about it. I get in there, but I'm not But Natasha, skilled, you can like do some it. of my teammates. You can be a soccer yeah. player. <laughs> right. So, but I enjoy Follow it. Your dream. Right? And so um, but that's a, just such a really good distinction because a lot of times that is put together, right? It's like, oh, what do you love to do? Great. But that's a, that's assuming in a way that you're also good at it and you just might not be good at it, right? Absolutely. And that's, that's okay too. Just because I'm not good at soccer doesn't stop me from playing soccer. <laughs> you know, I enjoy right. it. I like it. I like the team aspect, right? So that distinction, kind of teasing those two things out can make a huge difference in sussing this whole Venn diagram that Allegra is showing you here with the, of Icky Guy. And also too, I think for many years, and for those of you who know my story, you know that I invented a food product, a gourmet food product that was sold at gourmet food stores and pop-up events at Williams-Sonoma. That was by far my most profitable business. And you're like, most profitable business? And I'm like, yep, I've had more than one. I've had more than one and more than one at a time, more than once. Okay. So, <laughs> and honestly, I feel like all of that experience is what makes me good at beyond your wildest dreams because, oh, you want to invent a product. I understand that you have a brick and mortar retail. I understand that you have an e-store. I understand, you know, so I have a lot, I have a breadth of knowledge, if you will. Uh, you know, my longest business was 10 years. So some of it's deep, some of it's not. My food product, I only had five years. So some of it's not as deep. However, what I will say is my food product, it was an excellent food product. People loved it. Like I said, it was my most profitable. But did I enjoy it? No. It was very rote and it didn't exercise my creativity. And most importantly, it didn't, I didn't feel like I was giving back in any way which is so important to me to feeling fulfilled. If I don't feel like I'm giving back, I'm like, why am I doing this? You know, um, for a long time, I was pre-law and I decided not to be pre-law because I felt like I was going to spend all my time fighting against the system that I didn't really enjoy. And I was like, is that how I want to spend my life? And I decided no. So I feel like teasing out the difference between things that you like and things that you excel at is really important. However, Ikigai goes one step further, which I've I've never seen anything like this on the American version of the diagram. And I feel like this is so helpful. So if you draw yourself these circles, right? And so you put in here things that you like, and then you put here things that you like and excel at, right? So you go around and fill it out. I think this is so helpful for you thinking about your interests. So right in this in this uh, area here would be things that you excel at and can get paid for. So this was this was my food product, 
right? I excelled at it and I could be paid for it, but I didn't like it. So it didn't go up there, right? And then over here is things for which there is a demand. So actually my food product was kind of in here. I excelled at it, it made money and there was demand, but it was missing something important. And then over here are things that you like doing and for which there is a demand. That's awesome. And sometimes those things you can't be paid for, which in which case it goes here. And sometimes you can be paid for it, which is in which case it goes in the intersection. Okay. However, the most important things it's in these intersections, you see, I put the crosshatch because I couldn't fit the words that go there, but in those little crosshatch areas are what is missing. And I feel like the missing component is the part that makes you go, that's why it's not something I want to do long-term. Because as Natasha and I always talk about in our life design course, Harness the Power of Planning, long-term goals require long-term activity. Natasha and I have been working on Beyond Your Wildest Dreams now for two and a half years. Coming up. Yeah. We're, yeah. Coming up on three. Mm -hmm. Coming up on three. And it's because BYWD is my icky guy that I've been, that I've been able to do that, that we've been able to do this. So here's what's missing. When you can be paid for it and there is demand for it. Uh, hold on. Let me go this way instead. So when you are good at it and you love it. You feel a personal satisfaction, but you might feel like you're not very useful to society. You're not feeling like you're giving them something as well, which, you know, may or may not be important to you is certainly something that's important to me. Um, when you love it and there's a demand for it, you might not have, hold on a second. It's where the three, it's, <laughs> it's where the three it's interact. Hard. I'm like, yeah. So it's at here. the spot right above the icky guys. Okay. Yeah. There you go. That's it. Let's yeah. start over. And for those, <laughs> and for those of you who are listening to this podcast, I will put the drawing up on our, actually, I think it might already be there on our website, bywdreams.com. Mm -hmm. And if you click under, blog. Okay. It's not there yet. So I will put this up under our blog. Oh wait, maybe it is there. Nope. Not there. Okay. On our blog, it will be there. We will add it there. Okay. So when you have, when you are good at something, you love it and the world needs it. You are personally fulfilled, but you might not be making any money. Which, if you live in the right country, maybe that's fine. <laughs> yeah, right. If you're, it depends. It depends on where you where you reside. Yeah, if you love something, and the world needs it, and you're being paid for it, you might feel fulfilled financially, and you might feel like you're enjoying things, but you might not feel like you're exercising your full potential which I've totally experienced mm -hmm. that where I'm like, well, I enjoy it, but I'm not real good at it. And is that my gift that I want to share with the world? You know, only you can answer that question, right? If the world needs it and you can be paid for it and you're good at it, you're comfortable, you're making money, 
But if you don't love it, you might feel a sense of empty emptiness. And maybe you can find that somewhere else in your life. Maybe that's not, maybe, you know, that professional icky guy is not so important to you. Again, only you can answer that question. And then finally, if you can make money at it and you, and there's, wait, which way did I go? Shoot. I'm going, I'm like, I'm mirroring myself. I know it's so hard. <laughs> so the final one is nope. Satisfaction, delight, no wealth. Did I do them all? Possibility. See how I, how I, okay. Possibilities. I just need, they're all like, I'm, I'm just looking, I'm looking at another icky guy image here and they're all just a little different, right? They have, they word them a little differently. Um, and I want to ask you, Allegra, yes. um, when you, you know, I remember when you did your icky guy and you're like, icky guy and BYW oh. is right in the center. When you did your, when you did the icky guy for yourself, mm -hmm. did you like kind of list the things that you were yes. good at the list of things that you love, blah, 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 like separately, and then just piece it in together? Or did you just kind of go in there with a pencil and just kind of start, you know, filling in the, 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 the Venn diagram? I started filling it in. So I would think about the things you just, and actually I did this, you know, because we already had BYWD at the time that I did this. So I did this looking backwards mm -hmm. and I said, Oh, this, right, this right, looks right. interesting. Um, let me look at this and put plot my businesses on here and see, see what I learned. And that's when I was like, oh, okay, I see. Now I see why. Now I, you know, because at the time when I closed my food product, I was just following a gut, my gut reaction. I was like, mm, there's something in this that isn't like, I feel like this isn't the thing. And I couldn't articulate it. In mm -hmm. fact, in mm -hmm. fact, here's the thing. Here's sometimes it takes a while to understand things that you're feeling. I feel like name being right. being able to name your emotions and your inner life is so powerful in terms of being able to under yourself, understand yourself. And so 100%. Yeah. So I've been doing stand up now again the second time. I did it in my early 20s for a short period of time. I'm doing stand up again for now a little over a year and I keep saying to my husband, I don't know why I'm doing this. Why am I doing this? This is like I do enjoy it. Yes, I enjoy it. But like, I could be spending this time doing something else. And it's it's so close to BYWD on the icky guy. It's like just off to the side. Um, well, I guess off to the side partially because of like making money at it, right? Like that's mm -hmm. like in theory, when can you make money at it? Uh, anyway, so it's just off to the side. And I finally, because I've been, I've been meditating about this. I'm like, please help me understand why I'm spending this time this way, because I could spend the time, you know, on other things. I'm trying to find my original icky guy, which is why I'm paging off to the side here for those of you who are watching me. Anyway, so I, um, I finally had the realization and here's my realization. I have done a lot of professional, you know, public speaking in my life. And the difference between public speaking and stand-up that I love so much is that you can choose to do stand-up almost anytime you want because, because it doesn't pay really well at the beginning right. stages. And we, we just, and we also happen to live in a place where that's really available to you. Yes. Right. Where, yes. Where it's yeah, really, we live, we live in a place where you could any, 
and literally any day of the week you can go and do stand up multiple times um, a day any day of the week multiple you can do exactly multiple times, times a, day, a day every day of the week <laughs> i mean there's even kid friendly sunday open mics you know so you can do stand up all the time and so because of that um what i realized is that I, there are things that i want to say that i don't want to wait around for a public speaking gig to say them and also too there are things i can say in stand-up that you really can't say in public speaking per se, right? So right. I, when I realized that, I said to my husband, I was like, hey, I know I'm doing public speaking and sorry to tell you, I'm going to keep doing it because <laughs> it does serve this vital purpose to me. So there you go. Okay. Stand up, right? You're just going to continue to stand sorry, up. Sorry, continue to do stand up. Sorry. Okay. I'm going to continue to do both. But yes, yeah, stand up. There you go. So here's here's the icky guy, my original drawing that I think is a little more helpful. So if you love doing it and you're good at it um, and the world needs it, it, you're emotionally satisfied, but money will be a challenge. If you love doing it, the world needs it and you can be paid for it. You might have comfort, but you worry you're not living up to your potential because you're not necessarily good at it, right? So if the world needs it, you can be paid for it and you're good at it. You're material materially well off but you're not joyful because you don't love doing it. And then finally, if you can be paid for it, you're good at it and you love doing it. You feel a sense of material comfort, but perhaps a lack of purpose because it's not something the world needs per se. There you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. And, and you know what? I have to say that um, I might have, I'm, I might have been in the, uh, you know, I enjoy doing it. I'm good at it. I could in theory be paid for it for stand up, but does the world need it? Mm, I might've been in the, I maybe it doesn't need it if I didn't have my perspective, which is like, I'm often the only Latin or Asian person doing stand up that night, like Latin or Asian. We're in Los Angeles. The majority of the population is Latin. And I'm the only Latin person going up and I'm only half. And then, you know, the other perspective that I have, you know, as an entrepreneur, as a homeschooling mom, because I talk about all of these things in my standup. So that's why I feel a particular drive to do it, because I feel like it's not a perspective people often hear. <laughs> and she is rich. Cheers to that. Thank you Cheers. for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> See, this is why she's a public speaker as well, folks. <laughs> so, so that- So icky guy, like as far as like, I'm, you know, like looking at this. So this is for me an intimidating thing to do because it feels so big and broad as far as like, well, um, I don't know if broad's the right word, but it feels like really- open-ended in such in, in a certain way right and so is there something like when you did your icky guide did you I mean the reason I asked is like did you list all the things that you're good at list all the things that you love list all the things the world needs list all the things you can be paid for right and then kind of like piece that in there or did you like how did you approach that or what questions did you ask yourself or was it just like really easy to fill those things in so for me, it was easy to fill those things in specifically because I was applying like, what have I done career-wise? I'm 50, almost 50. 
I'm I'm just gonna start saying 50 because I'm gonna right. I've been saying I'm 50 for the last two yeah. years and I'm not 50 yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's just easier to round it's an up. Easy round Plus, number, I love, right, right. It's a easy out roundup, and also I love that that uh that sketch from SNL from you know like 20 years ago where she's like, I'm 50 and I can kick. And oh I don't my know, god. I think that's a hilarious. Do you remember? <laughs> yes, yes. I can kick yeah. and I can, you know, oh my god. I'm Sally O'Malley and I'm 50, you know. Yeah. So Anyway, that's why I like pretending to be Sally O'Malley. Although I have friends of mine who are slightly older than me. They're like, you're not 50. Stop saying that. Because <laughs> they, because they're like, that means, you know, stop saying right, that. Right, because they're like, we're wait, both not I'm yet. older than you. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so for me, it was, it was easy to just like put in the, my professions and the things that I've pursued professionally, you know, so not just like my businesses, but like the jobs I've had in, you know, marketing for public radio, right? I loved public radio. Yeah marketing, you know, so I put those things in. However, I see it. I see that you could do this a couple different ways. If you are at the point where you're like, I have no idea what industries I'm interested in, but I could tell you things I enjoy doing, right? Like I enjoy hiking. I enjoy cooking. I enjoy reading. I enjoy whatever. I think you could it might be easier to do it the way you you're talking about it, which is just brainstorm just dump out all the things you enjoy doing. You know, set a timer for two minutes or five minutes and just write. And then when that timer goes off, look at it and think about each thing. Okay, hiking. I love it. I'm great at it. Is there money in hiking? Mm, maybe. No. Like, so that falls into passion, right? That's a passion, right? Like, I mean, I don't know. There are Olympic no, 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 no. teams that you can get sponsored for. There are, or, you know, there are three gentlemen that I know of in the LA area who make their living, living, leading trekking. Oh, yeah. You know, and they, mm-hmm. and they talk about, yeah. they talk about how to make fire from scratch, edible plants, medicinal plants. Mm-hmm. They point out wildlife and stuff like that. So it's definitely possible. Right. Um, Totally. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yes. And I've seen like on, on like Airbnb too, they're like, do you love like architecture? You know what I mean? Like take this walking tour of downtown, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like, so you could be somebody who's like really into architecture. You're good with people. Maybe you want to put up a service like on, you know, Airbnb is like a bonus thing or I'm not sure if it's Airbnb. No, it is. They have, they have experiences now on Airbnb. Experiences. Yeah. Right. So that, I mean, anyway, that just popped into my head too. Cause yeah. Like how could you monetize? You could. And they approached me actually about doing cooking as an experience, mm-hmm. but they said that you do have to focus on it almost exclusively uh, until it's built out. And I, I was like, I don't have time for that per se. Um, mm-hmm. However, yeah, there, there could, I mean, look, let's with nowadays gig economy, you can definitely monetize way more things than you used to be able to. And actually one of the examples they gave me was someone who led hikes. Like it was like hikes to, you know, a famous, a famous landmark in Los Angeles that I will not mention because it probably doesn't need any more tourism, if you will. <laughs> so you can go through and and write down like, okay, I could put hiking in it if I turned it into a business. But I don't know about you, but there have definitely been things that I've experienced that when I've turned them into, when I've had that, when I've tried to pursue them for monetary reasons, it sort of takes the joy out of it for me, if you will. Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah, for sure. 
So there can be that. Yeah. And by the way, like, you know, there is also like this kind of like cultural push right now where it's like, oh, you like that? You're good at it. You should make money out of it. It's like, it's also okay to like, just have hobbies that you enjoy exactly. and you don't have to monetize everything. Right. So like, you know, I know this is like a very capitalist mindset. It's like, you can make money at that, you know? And like, well, <laughs> which and absolutely happened to me when I would do my kids' birthday parties, people would be like, you could be a party right. planner, do kids' birthday parties and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I would hate that. <laughs> I love doing it for my kids. It's so fun for me but I would never want to turn this into a business that would be painful. Right. And so maybe things you excel at and that you love, maybe we just call those hobbies, right? Right. <laughs> which apparently there and is an IRS definition of a hobby, which is like something where you spend more money doing it than you make in it. And it's like, okay, then it's a hobby. <laughs> that's the IRS. That's the IRS. Yes. Something like that. <laughs> like you can't write that off. Oh, that's Sorry. Um, mm -hmm. But yes. So I think it's just a helpful way to look at your competing interests and sort of the the value that you derive from them because loving something and being good at things those are all valuable things but again ikigai is more concerned with something that if you can find something that's in that center and let me tell you i don't think i okay no i will say my uh my first business the one that i had for 10 years green and greener it was an eco one-stop shop. It We had events. I did a lot of public speaking there. I I would say that was also an icky guy. But when I opened Green and Greener, Amazon only sold books and there was no such thing as a smartphone. And when I closed Green and Greener, people were walking with their smartphones saying, here's the price on Amazon. Can you match it? And so as, as we've all seen, small retail has kind of as an industry. And so... While it was an icky guy of mine, it was kind of went from being viable to no longer being viable, which, you know, it's not like I don't talk about those things. It's not like those things aren't important to me anymore, but I no longer have a, you know, a 1500 square foot store <laughs> dedicated to it. So I do want to say too, if you, if you're, you know, if it, if the idea of kind of like venturing onto this on your own, or if you want to get guided through it, there is of course, Ikigai tests online that you can do that'll help lead you in the right direction. It's namely ikigaitest.com. So you can like, you know, check it out there as well, you know, and there's definitely books on the subject. And even if you just put Ikigai image, you, cause this way you can see everything that Allegra has been pointing at and talking about. And like, you can do a little bit of a deeper dive into what each of those quadrants or sections of um of the Venn diagram that she's been showing gives you a good a good image of that too so you can find all that stuff online there is a lot about ikigai online um but i had never heard of it until allegra brought it to my attention and i love the fact that she's pointed out there's that that fourth component that most of us in the Western world, I feel like don't consider. Mm -hmm. So that's a, that's a biggie. I feel like that's a biggie. I will say one thing that is going to be different about our image is I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's a poor translation or if it just doesn't make sense to us. Like maybe the words don't translate well, but I did feel like the sort of the missing areas didn't really make sense the way it was translated to my mm. American Western mind. So I'm mm. writing it in a way that makes more sense to me. To you, yeah, right. So those missing areas felt like, so like, I guess the clarification, I would say like what, what the world needs. So it's like something that you do that the world needs, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously is the, is the thing here. Mm -hmm. And so 
I'm looking at one that says those at those those the one where the everything's there's three layers yes. deep, right? Right around the right around the, the little flower around the right. center that are three These layers deep. Areas. It says satisfaction the the cross hatched. The cross hatch. So something you're good at that you can be paid for and that you love, they say you'll feel satisfaction, but you'll feel uselessness, right? Because it's not something the world needs. And then the other one where it's you're good at it, it's something you love and it's something the world needs is delightful and you'll feel fullness, but you won't have wealth. Right. <laughs> right? Is that that's the one that's the that concept there. The and one that was if you got something that the one that yeah, was the one that was not quite yeah, the purpose one, that one. It's the one that they say if you love it, the world needs it, and you can be paid for it, you'll get excitement and you'll and complacency, but a sense of uncertainty. Is that yeah, what you're about the that uncertainty? One? I was like, that seems like that's not yeah, that's the one that to me too. The other one, the other concepts, I was like, yeah, I get that. But the uncertainty, I'm not sure if that tracks exactly. I'm com- confused about that. But then the fourth quadrant, not quadrant, but fourth little section where it's something that you're good at, something you can get paid for, and something the world needs, you'll feel comfortable but you'll feel a feeling of emptiness, right? Because it's not something you love. Yes. But yeah, the one that's uncertainty. So the thing that's missing there is it's something that you're good at. So I guess like you're uncertain if you're good at it. <laughs> I'm I, not sure what the uncertainty, you know, comes from. Yeah, and I just changed it to materially well off, but not joyful, perhaps, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, no, 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 sorry. No, no, sorry. That's the other quadrant. <laughs> that That's the good at paid for world needs, sorry. Love doing world needs paid for excitement and comfort, but you're, you worry you're not living up to your full potential. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. That's, that's how, that makes more sense. Yeah. That, that wording is way better than uncertainty. Yes. Right. Cause I'm just like uncertain about what, that you can't pay your bills or yeah. <laughs> yeah what is it that you're uncertain about? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That's good. So I'll put that yeah, up. So this is. And I will also write some, you know, our suggestions for how you might want to use it, but Natasha and I are, look, Ikigai is a tool. Natasha and I like to give our students lots of tools because anytime Mm -hmm. you learn something about yourself, I feel like it just contributes to your own sense of, you know, well-being and, oh, I can make decisions based on that now. I can have a better understanding of why I am or I'm not doing something. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I know that there have been days where I've, you know, especially with my food product, when I was thinking, no, I, this is just not how I want to spend my time. Some of my biggest customers were like, were, you know, well-off individuals. And they said, how much money will it take for you to keep this going? And I was like, it's not about that. It's just like, I don't want to be in a commercial kitchen with a hairnet for eight hours a day. Yeah. Not, not your dream. Not Mm -hmm. my dream. And so, uh, you know, and that was, and look, that was an easy decision for me because I know something I know about myself is I have no tolerance for being unhappy. And maybe that's because my name means happy. I don't know. All I can tell you is that when I am unhappy, I am like, I'm out of here. Uh, which, <laughs> yeah, that's you have very low tolerance for things that make, don't make you happy. Yes. And so this just like a lot of other things, it is like on uh, it is falls kind of in the category, at least in the Western world under like a personality test idea, mm-hmm. you know, but at least it gives you insight, right? It gives you some insight into even if you don't, you know, there's there's no perfect way to answer this. Right. And and five years from now, you may answer it quite differently than you do today. Right. But at least it gives you like a little bit of 
perspective, okay, I'll go ahead and do it. <laughs> I had a lot of resistance to doing it because I just, I don't know why. I'm not sure why. I, yeah, I just, look, it spoke to me. But again, self-knowledge is valuable because no one else is going to, you know, be able to give you this insight into yourself. It's like, you need to do it for yourself. So yeah, try it out. 100%. I'd love to hear what yeah. you discover, what you uncover. This is part of excavating, you know, asking yourself these questions that maybe you've never thought about. And we'd love to hear what you learned. So feel free to comment here. We always see the comments. And if you would like to hear this again on audio, please check out wherever your podcasts are and check out our, our podcast, Harness the Power of Planning. We'll see you back here next Thursday, 9.30 a.m. Pacific, 12.30 p.m. Eastern. <laughs> Dream wild, wild dreamers. <laughs>